Hey guys, welcome to the Save Continue podcast where every week we get together and talk about video games and video game related stuff. I'm Sinead Howard. This is Thomas Shelby. Good morning. And this is Ryan Robinson. Greetings and salutations. So guys, what games have you been playing lately? Thomas? Um, I've been playing Devil May Cry 5. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a really good time with that. It's really interesting. So, like, I've never played that much Devil May Cry in the past, but I like character action games, uh, Bayonetta and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, the combat's just so good. It's like, I always think of, when I think of, like, third-person action games, I think of, like, these games, and then I think of, like, Dark Souls, you know? Yeah. And I very much prefer these over that, in that, like... In Souls games and games like like them, uh, moves are, are very deliberate, yeah. you know? Like, you're locked into animations. Whereas, like, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, like, Assault Spy, shit like that works much more like a fighting game in that you can cancel out of moves into other moves. Yeah. And I think that my brain just works that way more. Yeah. It seems, uh, I think that the priority between those between the two kinds of games is different where the Souls kind of games are kind of focused on just overcoming obstacles, whereas the character action games like Devil May Cry and stuff like that, they're focused more on, like, looking real cool when you as you're, like, as you progress. I yeah. think, like, score is more yeah. so the focus than yeah. that, but... Uh, it's a really fun time, and I think that, like, as much as I like Souls games, I think I, I, think I like Devil May Cry a lot more. Yeah, really neat. Like, learning that game has been really neat. Um, so there's three playable characters. Yeah. And you get to choose which one you... So it's like story related. So in most episodes or missions or whatever, you're playing a specific character. Okay. Uh, in certain ones, you can choose between different characters. Okay. But it's real cool. Like jump canceling is a big thing and that's really neat. Does uh the story change at all depending on which character you pick? Not really. I mean, like... You will go through uh, similar levels with, you know, multiple characters, but, like, approached from different angles, so it's not, like, exactly the same. So it's, like, if you but, replay uh, it, uh, it's, like, adding to the story, not, like, you're yeah, going a different yeah, story yeah. route. Uh, but, yeah, it's really neat. Like, jump canceling is a thing, which is really cool. I, I don't recall that being in Bayonetta. I guess it might be. Um, and then, like, just learning things specifically to Devil May Cry, like, there's a dodge, much like there is in, like, Nier Automata or Bayonetta or whatever, but, right. like, it's kind of useless. It's more advantageous to jump because, like, jumping has iframes on it, right. you know? It's really good. Really, really cool. That game looks cool. Uh, I'm most curious about that, because uh, I pretty much know Dante and Nero's deal. Yeah. But I don't, what's the third guy? His name's V, uh, so he's new. And he's really interesting in that you control, like, these two, I, I guess three technically, like, summons almost, right? Okay. Like, one's like a panther, one's a bird, and one's this giant fucking monster thing. Okay. And, like, and then you you control them attacking, right? right, by targeting different enemies. But you're moving the main character around with the analog stick. So, basically, like... You're keeping him out of harm's way okay. while his animals are attacking. Okay. 
but they can't kill anything. They can just like whittle down their, the enemy's health, and right. then he has to deal the final blow. So like you stay at a distance until like the very last second. Yeah, it's really neat. So you just steal people's kills. Kind of, yeah. Well, it, you're it's not, not people. As, you, steal, you steal animals' kills. Right, but I mean, you are performing those animals' attacks, you know? Uh, so it's, yeah. it's very strange, and, like, it's not nearly as precise as playing as Nero or Dante. Right. But, like, very cool, though. Really interesting. It looks really cool. How uh, did you... you and, like, you have this book that you read to gain devil trigger, so, like, in the middle of battle, you're just, like, pulling out this book, reading poetry. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. Is it his poetry? I don't know. Sometimes uh, I snap my fingers. <laughs> and then my friend, you die. <laughs> yeah. And then my friend, you die, man. Uh, have you finished a playthrough of it already? No, no. I'm only about a quarter of the way through. Right on. That game looks really neat. Yeah. Uh, I've thought about buying it a few times. I mean, it's on sale for like, I think, 20 bucks or less right now. Pretty good. Yeah. And then you can buy like the other four games for like 20 bucks right now as well. Yeah. Uh, I was I was talking recently about how... Because I personally, uh, DMC is my favorite, uh, but I've been really wanting to play DMC 3 lately. Yeah. And then, like, I've got the special edition. And have you seen, like, the live action cutscenes? No. It's no. so fucking funny, man. Because, like, so there's all the cutscenes, right? Which you can watch in, like, this gallery. But if you buy the special edition, you can watch like this these really cheaply made live action versions of those. Oh, I've heard about that. That like the developers put together yeah. to like help them make the cut. Like there was intention too. Yeah. It was to help them like visualize how they were gonna but make still the cutscenes. But it's so funny. They're using like cardboard vehicles and like when a car crashes, it'll be like a fucking hot wheel or action figure and shit. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I man. love that. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. It's really good. And then, like, I was just showing Bailey one before you guys got here because she just finished this fight scene where V shows up at the end and, like, his he puts his arm out and his bird comes and perches on it. Yeah. But the bird's fucking huge, you know? Yeah. So, like, in the live action cut scene, it's, like, just this other Japanese man who just, like, comes and, like, <laughs> puts his head over the guy's arm. It's so funny, man. And the panther is a guy in, like, a hoodie. Crawling around on all fours. That sounds like, really cool. Yeah, it's that's, hilarious. That sounds fun. I just want to watch those. Like, that is such great content to add for, like, special editions and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Uh, I think that's really good. Yeah. I'm just, because I think that, like, the thing about Devil May Cry is it could be very easy for them to, like, take that way too seriously yeah. and to, like, add that kind of, like, that lightheartedness is really And cool. then, like... A lot of people, I guess, complained about the microtransactions in the game, which are like you can buy red orbs, which red orbs are just currency for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had any issue, like, just with what you gain through right. natural progression, you know? Well, you're also better at video games than some people. Yeah, not li- this kind of game. Like, if Abs played this, I'm sure he'd be fucking filthy rich. But, like, I think the thing about it know. is that, like, I think people who complain about that stuff. They also assume that everybody has the same amount of time to like play the yeah. game. I think having that stuff can like save you time so you could see more of the stuff. Yeah, for sure. But like I think, you know, it's not something you need yeah. to enjoy the game. Yeah. In fact I'd say it's probably more enjoyable without it. Right. You know. So that game that game looks really cool. I really want to play it. Yeah. I think I want to see those cutscenes. Oh yeah, I'll show you one later. It's really funny. All right. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Uh, so last week Tom came over 
and we played a game called Them's Fighting Herds. Um, do you know what that is, Shanae? No. Excellent game. So basically, Tom, give her the origin of that game. Okay, so there's this group of uh, FGC players who also uh. happen to be bronies. And they're like, we're going to make a My Little Pony fighting game. And then Hasbro, I think it's Hasbro, whoever owns My Little Pony came in and gave them a cease and desist. So they're like, well, we can't make our fucking game anymore. Then the actual illustrator for their fucking TV show comes in and is like, hey, I'll draw them for you guys for free. So they've got this game that's essentially a My Little Pony fighting game. They can't call it that. It's called Them's Fighting Herds. And okay. it's not just ponies anymore. It's llamas and fucking unicorns that's and shit. A, that's a good tagline. It's not just yeah. ponies anymore. But <laughs> super good game. Really yeah, fun. Yeah, so... Um, it's an early access, so it's not yeah. finished yet. But what's there is very fun. Yeah, like it's... What they have... The foundation of that game is very solid. And it's basically like... Um, you have... Like it's it's a cast of all like hoofed animals. Like there's a... There's a... There's a unicorn. Wait, are llamas hoofed? I, I guess know. so. I mean, I don't know what else they would Maybe be. Maybe it's an alpaca. I don't know what it is. There's a unicorn who, like, reads. She's, like, got a, some kind of spell book that she reads out of. Yeah, that's all, my, mine. Yeah, and all of her attacks are, like, based on that. She's really cool. Oleander. Oleander is her name. Uh, there's, a, there's a cow. Her name is Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, um, she's pretty cool. She's the one I play as the most. But they've got other. What are her like special attacks? So she's got a lasso that she can use. Okay. uh, That she can use, kind of like she can pull you in with it, or like she can. uh, She has an anti-air attack, so like if you jump, she like pulls you down and like slams you to the ground. Um, But there's all there's also there's like a there's a lamb who who I can't really figure out because she's uh she's got these little dogs with her, and there seems to be a way to like get more of the little dogs, but she uses them for her attacks and stuff. Um, yeah, when, so when he said cow, I immediately was like, oh, God, please say the udders aren't involved in anything. No, no uts. No uts. Okay, uh, Tom and I keep referring to that game as very horny. Yeah. Uh, the game isn't overtly horny. It's more subtly horny. Like how, like what's the subtle horniness? Are all of them just very, very pretty versions of this? Well, look, it's not, right? It's just like My Little Pony. There's all really right. no horniness to it. But I'll say this, Shanae. I'm, we I'm, we I'm Twitch streamed this. We streamed this last week. Yeah. And some horny people showed up, and they were to watch us and, and talk to us about horny things. It's really funny because that Twitch stream resulted in us finding out that a lot of anime that people like has origins in pornography. Yeah, which was interesting that someone knew that. But uh, okay, yeah, no, the game itself, I, I, I know we said no phones, but I just wanted to know what it looks like. Yeah. You're right; it's not like itself is not horny. Like they're not very, like they're not really. But cute. you can imagine someone masturbating to that. Well, yeah, because people are <laughs> because people will masturbate to anything. Yeah, uh, and also like I mean, not every brony or pega sister or unisister, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, is into that genre. Yeah, I'm a unicycle, equesticles. But uh, uh, doesn't mean that they're like that's into My Little Pony. Pony doesn't mean like My Little Pony. Yeah, yeah, I almost said My Little Pony. <laughs> my Little Pony because of like horny reasons, yeah. but some of them are. So well, like, the guys in our chat, at least one of them was. Yeah. Ugh. But the game is really, it's actually very fun. It's really easy to pick up. Good um, mechanics. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played a lot. I haven't really played online, so I haven't, I can't what? really speak to that. It's on computer. What, um, as far as, like, the actual, like, play style, like, how you have to hit and, like, yeah. time everything, 
What do you say is the most comparable to as far as the big fighting games? Like so it might be Marvel. It's yeah, it's a four button fighter like Marvel, but it works more like the Street Fighter Alpha series. Yeah, it's magic combos, like chain combos. Okay, because uh, I imagine it like be super similar because the way you describe the magic. Yeah. Some of the characters in like Guilty Gear or Blaz Blue. Oh like, no! Like as uh, far like the ones, to, to the alpha. ones that had like the magic stuff. Yeah, it's like a, it's like if you took this the button layout of a Marvel yeah. but made it into a one v one fighter like Alpha. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. But it's very, it's very fun. Um, was, yeah, because I was thinking either that or Skullgirls. Like well, it's actually the Skullgirls people helped on it. Yeah. Apparently, quite a bit. It's on the same engine as Skullgirls. Yeah. Okay. And it definitely shows. Yeah, so yeah, because, uh, like, the art style and stuff, I was like, okay. Like, when I looked at the pictures, like, the, yet again, I was still thinking it was going to be most similar to either Blaz Blue, uh, Guilty Gear, or Skullgirls. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, like Tom said, it's an early access. So, you know, there's, it's it's a little light on, like, features and stuff, and the roster's pretty small. But what's there is is really, really good. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. Uh, and you know, just um, you know, and Tekken. And that's you know, that's didn't y'all play also until dawn last night? Yeah, we played until dawn last night. <laughs> uh, so Tom and I, when we whenever we watch movies, we always basically rewrite the script as we're watching it. Yeah, our version is always better. Yeah, uh, but um, and what's fun about until dawn to me is that we can do that while playing the game because the ba- game is basically a movie and we had a really good time with that uh, it was my it was uh me uh my partner kaylee and our friend kayla and tom and we were all just playing uh we were all just playing this game and and having having a good time really i gotta get, say get, getting a couple spooks in for some of y'all <laughs> yeah side note uh until dawn is the first time in a long time that i've played a modern game mm-hmm. with fixed camera angles right I gotta say, go like playing Silent Hill so closely to playing that. Yeah, like tank controls are better. They are better. Yeah, yeah. Like and that and you know in that specific case, yeah. Yeah. Because like, um, especially for somebody who maybe doesn't play a lot of video games, like that shit can be disorienting yeah. and a little bit. Confusing. In a game with fixed camera angles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that game is still a lot of fun. I want. What's the other one called? Man of Medan. Yeah, Man from Medan, I think. Man from Medan or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot. They yeah. did Hidden Agenda as well and The Inpatient. Like, they've been yeah. putting out a ton of games. So. Uh, they're going to go broke, man. Like, I bet you they're, they're going to go do, broke. They're going to pull a Telltale? I think they're going to shut down. Yeah. I hope not. Mm. But they've been putting out more games than I w- would assume they'd be able to afford. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, and and that's that was a really good time. So, having having fun with that. I saved the file so the next time we're all together. Yeah, in another year. In another year, we can pick it back up <laughs> where we left off. So, um, so I've been playing JoJo before, but I'm playing so much Fire Emblem. Yeah, Three I'm Houses. Glad. I love the game. I'm actually gonna do a show on here, show on it here upcoming. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I've just been playing a lot of it. I already got my first playthrough done. Um, that took about 60 hours. And then I am pretty close to being done with my second playthrough. And that one's probably going to be about 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I already have plans on what I'm going to do on my next playthrough. 
And depending on how long all of that takes, Kingdom Hearts Remind comes out in about two weeks from when we're recording this. So I just know I have to finish all three, at least the first three playthroughs before Kingdom Hearts Remind comes out. Yeah. Because otherwise... I can't give Kingdom Hearts the attention I believe it deserves. Yeah. Because I'm still going to be thinking about Fire Emblem because I'm just so into this game. That's good. Shanae, how upset would you be if Kingdom Hearts Remind was nothing but Winnie the Pooh stuff? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I think I might change everything I've loved about Kingdom Hearts ever, and I just would be done. It would it would break me. Christopher Robin. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I would be so, I would be so upset. Yeah. I I genuinely would. Thinking about that possibility makes me upset. I know that's not what it is because I've seen the trailers and everything. But if trailers that w- can be misleading, Shanae. I've learned that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sora, <laughs> help me find my honey. Yeah. What if <laughs> in the hundred acre wood? What if What if Winnie the Pooh is the key master or whatever they call him? I I would. Well, there's there's multiple key. Ma- anyway, n- no, no, that's not a reality. I don't want to think about it anymore. It's yeah. making me upset. All right. I don't want it. I just want Woody, Winnie the Pooh to be gone. I'm the, done with him. The funny thing about the thing about Fire Emblem is that like I've always like, those games seem those games have always seemed really deep and really cool, and I've started I've started multiple Fire Emblem games, but I've never gotten to the point where I'm just. You know, well, like you get to that point in Fire Emblem where you're just playing the game, yeah. and you're just like already in it. Like I never get to that point, and hmm. I and I think that like something like around the time when I start playing a Fire Emblem game, something always comes along and distracts me from it. But I've always, I, but this this newest Fire Emblem, like the way people talk about it and how into it people seem to be, I I I want to give it another shot. So the thing I like the most, one of the things I like the most about this Fire Emblem, because I've played a couple Fire Emblems before, I've never gotten into them the way I have with this one. And I think that one of the main reasons why I kind of talked about it on a previous show is because of how easy they've made it in some aspects while also adding a lot of other things to care about. Because you can play it like a traditional Fire Emblem game because they have like casual mode in this one where like if your character dies, they don't have to stay dead. I think they started that with Awakening. Yeah. um, I played some Awakening, but I think I must have played it in like regular mode. Yeah. because th- that's one of the, the things that like really has like frustrated me and like turned me off of, of at least two Fire Emblem games before is that I was doing like the save the save and then continue and then I'd go in a fight and like all the characters I cared about like I was like doing things so that they would build up and then also like getting everything great and then the last fucking like round or uh, on their turn uh, turn thank you. I could not think of the word turn, but um, okay, I got you. One of the characters I cared about would die, like ki- like in an, in an attempts to kill like the main thing, like the main objective. Yeah, and <laughs> I'd have to go back and redo that fight again, and having to do that over and over again because I'm not because I was like you know learning and didn't really grasp it, and I didn't really think about replaying that game over and over again. I was just like, all right, well, I just want to beat it. I. I don't know. Maybe like I know other games have had a lot of replayability, but none oh, yeah. none that felt like as obvious as this one. As in like because there's three houses, obviously there's at least three different playthroughs. You get to see different characters. Like it's like from you start from where you start the game, you meet the characters that you would gonna be like with a team with. You have to like go talk to them before you get to a place where you can choose which house you want. 
And so because of all the different personalities and like you get to meet them all up front and get like vignettes of like what all of them are like. Sure. And then also, you know, which route you go to, which one will be heavy on, like one's more heavier on magic, one's heavier on ranged, one's heavier on uh, like close combat. Like it's all very apparent of like which style do you like? That should be your first playthrough. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think like the biggest reason people stop with turn-based strategy is like good turn-based strategy games let you be creative in battle and and just over overcome battles in a variety of different ways, but too often there is one solution to winning a battle, which means you die and experiment and die and experiment until you find out what that is. Yeah. And in a lot of these games, those those battles can be half an hour, sometimes more. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't want to redo that over and over sure. again. Yeah. That's why I say it's coming the hell out of XCOM. Yeah, no. A lot of people say it's coming the shit out of... Uh, but I don't feel like XCOM is guilty of that, you know? I, I do feel like Fire Emblem sometimes is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and then... Uh, also, with, with XCOM, you, you can put your friends in the game. That's true. And then some of the previous Fire Emblem games that I played that where I had characters die and I was like, fuck it, I'll like just live with it. Some of them, the deaths didn't feel like they mattered because immediately somebody else like in the same class would pop up. Yeah. Or like sometimes I was like, fuck, I wish I would just go back and like make sure that person doesn't die, but I didn't save right or something. Um, I don't know. Like this one just makes me feel like I have a lot more freedom and play how I want to play with yeah. any character. I think that the fact that you can make the battles as challenging or as easy necessarily as you want them to be really easy in the game because they have like auxiliary battles that don't take because when you have like if you choose to battle for like your free day you can either choose to like, explore battle do different things but if you choose oh, to oh yeah they've got a clock like persona now huh yeah it's very there's a lot of very persona like things yeah. in this new fire emblem but on there when you choose to battle like you have depending on your professor level um different like one to three instances that you can choose on that date to like do that many battles. But a lot of times there's a free one and they just kind of, and they never end. And it just kind of cycles between a bunch of different free fights and put this at the level. So if you choose like the first day to do battle, like you have the people that you want, you can just level them up like four or five places above everything. So any battles like storyline going forward are pretty fucking easy to be honest. Yeah. If you want, um, like say you have a character that, you want them to change proficiency than what they had their base stats are because you want to get them to a different uh, like master level. Then you can just put a different weapon on them and then grind them out in those free ones until they get a good proficiency. So then going forward, you have like every character kind of like how you want them. So if you don't do that and you're just and you only play like story battles, it is much more difficult. If you put it on maddening, if you do it on like if you change all these settings, you can make it stu like stupid hard. And still enjoy the game. Still feel like you have some variety. Like, yes, there's a lot of guides out there on, like, how to survive maddening. But, like, I don't know. I, just, I like that there is such a variety. And, like, each place that I'm doing, I have different objectives. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say the same things. Like, that's that's good you're enjoying it. I really thought you would like it. Um, you, you were right. You should, like, you should go back to some of the old, older ones. I want to because I found out, like, I never really got super into the Fire Emblem story before, like I have now. Mm -hmm. And I found out that there's, like, that all the games connect in different ways. 
Yeah, and but like a lot, like I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Fire Emblem story, but like I know like a lot of them is like hundreds of years between games. You know? Oh yeah, like some of them are the ancestors yeah. to other ones, like and stuff like that. But there is like with like the gods and saints and stuff in the games. Yeah, uh, there is like tie-in connection to all of that. So with looking at different videos, since I've already finished my play first playthrough, I have found out more and more about the lore. I also found out that. I don't think it was Twitter. I think it was whatever the Japanese version of Twitter that they use is that uh, all the characters got like little counts on there and were tweeting out. And I don't know until how, when, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was like putting out tweets before the game, like of different things, like as the character, like there's a character that likes to sleep and it's like, Oh, I'm looking for like a good spot to take a nap today or whatever. Yeah. And I think that was, I think that's really cool. I don't know. There's just a lot of things about the game, like inside the game, and as far I'd as like the fandom, I'd like to see some more of that. That that I really like. I would like to follow Luigi's Twitter. You can follow <laughs> Wa Luigi's t Twitter and no. just Wa every time. No, I don't like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really into that. But I'm also really excited for Kingdom Hearts Remind. Oh, uh, real quick. I won't take a lot of time with this. I just want to bring up my list. Because the year's oh, yeah. over. Sure. Uh, I should have done this a week or two ago. Uh, all I really gathered from it is that I tend to replay more games than I do play new games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that I beat roughly a game every other week. I feel like a lot of us do that. Uh, and yeah, that's all I really learned. But yeah. it was fun. So the What did uh, Bailey and the other one learn? <laughs> My son, Bradley. 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 I don't know. I don't know if they've actually looked over their list or not. But yeah. I wish I had something like that with my parents. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, trying to think of something new, new to do for this year. We'll see. Yeah. How many chores they complete. Yeah. <laughs> How many lashings they can take. <laughs> uh, you should have a Street Fighter tournament against them. I mean, we've done that. <laughs> yeah. Not tournaments, but like, you know, we've played you, Street Fighter together. Can you beat your father? <laughs> uh, the answer is no. Yeah, still. Um, so, yeah, this week... Ryan, you wanted to talk about games that a lot of people loved, but at the time, not a lot of people bought. Yeah. So. Or, or th games people claim to have loved, but probably never played. Look, I don't know what's in people's hearts. What I do know is what's on Sword the charts. Knows. <laughs> what's on the charts? Y'all hear that? Yes. All right. All right. So I didn't really, this isn't like the most exhaustive thing, but I wrote down some of, I wrote down some games that were, you know, culturally, as far as video games concerned, are pretty significant. And some interesting things that I learned about them as far as, you know, what their shortcomings were and or what the perceived shortcomings were that kept them from being successful at launch. Okay. Um, and uh, I think I think Tom probably has a lot of, he probably has additional insight into context for some of this stuff. So, you know, uh, yeah. chime in because I have a lot of gaps in here. Like this is like very high level stuff. But I kind of just wanted to mention these. So uh, one of the ones that uh, I think we've uh, we've talked about the most was B Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, of course, you know, a lot of people talk about how mu how great that game is. And that game is a great game. But it seems it's strange because, like, the reverence for that game at this point doesn't really match, like, sales. Like how people felt about it or what, how people reacted to it when it first came out. Yeah. So, like, in looking into, you know, what kind of held that game back when it came out, um, I found something kind of interesting that 
maybe you guys can, can chime in on. So when looking into it, I found out that like part of the reason why at least uh, why at least uh, it was said that these games were successful is that uh, Splinter Cell and Prince of Persia <coughs> and Thirteen all came out at the same time, or not at the same time, but like around the same time. Yeah. And the success of those and the momentum of those games kind of just really just overshadowed like uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. And what's interesting to me about that is just like those are all Ubisoft games. And it's just um, just kind of just that game just got lost in like the shuffle. Um, yeah, interesting even more to me, though, is that, you know, we're coming up on. I don't remember when they said Beyond Good and Evil was going to come out, or Beyond Good and Evil 2 was going to come out. Yeah. But what's interesting now is that it got me thinking, I was like, well, it's been a, it's been about 11 years since we saw a Prince of Persia game. Mm-hmm. And about, I want to say about maybe eight or nine years since we've seen, maybe a little less, like maybe seven, eight, seven or eight years since we saw a Splinter Cell, a Splinter Cell game. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, 13 came out like 15 years ago. Uh, and it's weird because That's like a licensed game, you know? Yeah. And, and I should, I should make sure t- I should mention that. And that wasn't, that wasn't huge either. Right. I should mention that like that was kind of centralized to Europe because that's yeah. where 13 was popular. But, um, it's crazy because like now when you talk about beyond good and evil, like anybody that any video game fan that I've talked to about beyond good and evil, like, Oh, I love that game. Yeah. I love that game. And I was like, and I wonder, like, and I always wonder, like, did did they play it when it came out, or did they come to it later? Because that game got huge uh, uh, critical acclaim, but it just didn't. I think, like, I, go ahead. I say another possibility is they're similar to me, where for months they confuse it with Beyond Two Souls. But I mean, this is years before yeah, Beyond Two Souls. It was about you know? four years. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, quite, yeah. quite often when I've heard Beyond Good and Evil, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I played. I was yeah. like, no, I played Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people have played it since, right? Like, I think if you played it back then, you probably loved it. Uh, and the I think the HD remaster that came out on 360 and that PS3 helped quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the numbers on that because I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I think the reason that it didn't sell so well to begin with is during the fifth and sixth generation, which is when this came, came out, uh, one, female protagonists weren't selling like crazy. And two, if they were selling, it was like Blood Rain or Big sure. Tit Laura Croft or like shit like that. Sure. Whereas Jade's just wearing normal ass clothes, you right. know? Um, so I don't think that Some necessarily normal helped. Normal ass it. clothes. And also, like, Beyond Good and Evil isn't, it's not action heavy the way those games are. Well, like, yeah. Zoom Raider of that time wasn't really that action heavy either, but, like, Blood yeah. Rain definitely was. Right. Um, and I think that might have had something to do with it, but, like, it's so crazy to me because, like, to actually play that game, it's pretty fantastic, yeah. and it just sucks that so many people, at least initially, lost out on it. Well, plus, like, it's a teen-rated game yeah. that, like, really feels like it could have easily been a rated E game. Like, yeah. it's a very childish game. Yeah. Like, you watch the trailer for the sequel, and it's like, they don't even look like they're in the same universe. Right. You know? That doesn't even, it, not um, at all. And that's a, that's supposed to be a prequel, I think. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, even though they're calling it two. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, shit like, 
Mamago Garage and all yeah. that with the fucking jolly ass Jamaican rhinos. Like yeah. it doesn't seem like it would hit that market, you know. Uh people were really looking for more violent extreme games. This is like the late nineties, early two thousands when like, you know, fucking aggressive inlines coming out. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that definitely didn't but, help it. And again, but, like it was competing with the likes of games like Splinter Cell and yeah. and and Prince of Persia, stuff like that. So, I mean, I think that's just right. And I'd like think about P- Prince of Persia with the fucking Godsmack song in there. You know, sure. like that's just the mindset that Americans were in at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so another one that I had on here was Okami. Okami. Yeah. So that's a game that like I have. You know, is this just a podcast about Zelda ish games? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and double check. Uh, I mean, I didn't play Okami until the 3DS version came out. That was Okami Den. That's not oh, the same game. It's not, it's in the same universe, but it's not the same yeah. game. Okay, so then I've never played Okami, I've only ever played Okami Den. Yeah, uh, are do they play similar or no? I have not played Okami Den. Okay, well, I've not played Okami. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine they're similar though. Yeah. Um, now with this, it's, I didn't really find any real insight as to why, like that game didn't do as well as it could have. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting though, that it sold more copies in North America than it did in Japan at launch. Uh, let's see, 200,000 copies in North America and 66,000 copies in Japan. Yeah. Uh, which, um, I just, it seems, it's cause it seems more like something that, American audiences wouldn't have gravitated toward like more than American audiences would have, but I mean, it Japanese plays like a lot of games. It plays like a lot of Japanese games that are big in the West, you know, yeah. Zelda does better here, you know, uh, and it plays like Zelda. It's a lot like Zelda, but uh, yeah, I don't know. 8 million, the year, $8 million it grossed in the year it came out, which Eight million dollars, yeah. not eight million copies. Yeah, so two hundred thousand okay. copies, yeah. grossing eight million dollars uh, the year of launch. So that uh, now, Earthbound is another one I have on here. That's a really good one, man. I remember there's a time when you can go to fucking Toys R Us yep. and see the big box because every the discount bin, every copy, every copy <laughs> had a strategy guide with it. Yeah, um, and it was like, so I looked up. Like, when I was looking at that game, I looked up, like, how they marketed it. Yeah. And, Shanae, are you, do you remember the, the Play It Loud era of Nintendo? Play It Loud. That was their slogan. Yeah. Um, what games and, like, what was the, m- probably not. It was, I like, a mid-90s thing. Like, kind of, like... It, you know, like, EA Sports is in the game. Like, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, we moved back to the States yeah. in 96, I believe. I think that's prime time for that. Yeah. Um, and I think we got a TV a year or two later. And then... So, so then, no. So, probably <laughs> not. Yeah. By the time you got your TV, they, were, they weren't doing that anymore. But... I mean, were they doing it, like, on magazines and stuff? Because oh, it was... Yeah. Like, yeah, magazines. It was, like, commercials. And the uh, commercials were typically, like, generalized, like sizzle reels of like what's on what you can get on super nintendo um anyway they had a very interesting ad campaign for earthbound it was called it was the it was called the this game stinks campaign where they would uh there were scratch and sniff ads that were very smelly and that were meant to 
sell the game. I feel like that sound. Well, maybe just because other things were also doing scratch and sniff at the yeah. time. But I definitely remember like looking at like magazines and like having random shit be scratch and sniff. Yeah. So in Japan, where where the mother franchise was already pretty established, it you know it did much better than it did here in the states. And uh, one piece, one little bit of insight that I found was that like just the kind of the like the kind of referential kind of tone that the game had didn't really resonate with a lot of uh, the American audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's what that's again that like everybody's like people talk about Earthbound like with such this like reverence. Yeah. And uh, personally, I I don't know. I my. I've never really been that into it. Oh man, it's really good. Earthbound is interesting. Like, I think one, you know, they cha- had to change the name, right? They couldn't call it Mother Two here because Mother One never came out here, right? Up until a couple of years ago, it came out on the Wii U as Earthbound Beginnings. Yeah. Uh, Mother Three has still yet to receive a an actually licensed by Nintendo copy here in the yeah. states. Uh. So I don't think that helps. I think also during that generation, if you're playing a Japanese RPG, a turn-based RPG, you're expecting a few things, right? This sure. is before Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so, like, you're expecting, like, a fantasy setting. Yeah. And it's not that. Yeah. Uh, it, and it is very funny, right? There's a lot of jokes in Earthbound. It's just kind of weird for that genre. It's like a very kind of offbeat thing. Uh, and th- and a game for a game like, you know released in a post chrono trigger world yeah. you know and um i think people say they love it because it's it's sought after for snes collectors yeah. it's, it's not a cheap game to buy now yeah which is funny because like i said you used to be able to get fucking 10 copies of well, that for dirt cheap and that was another know? thing too is right. i couldn't i neglected to write it down because i'm i was i'm absent-minded but like that was another thing too was that like that game cost more than other super nintendo games yeah. because they had the game and the strategy guide in there. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a when you have a game that like from a franchise that like no one had ever heard of, like at being asked like and with a price point that's above you know, which is above average for Super Nintendo games, it's like No. Yeah. It's, yeah. so it's 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 And as a child I had no interest in Earthbound. Yeah. I'd seen it, but I didn't know what it yeah. was. I didn't give a fuck about it, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah. So uh, another item I have on here that I wouldn't say uh, was unsuccessful, but kind of had a slow, had, like its momentum built more slowly than than I think people remember was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, so that game had that game started out slow, and not a lot of people were paying attention to it. And it was also the first; it was a game that broke from the convention of what Castlevania had really been up to that point. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, then it became, like, people talked about it and, like, yeah, a lot of word sold about well it. in the end. Like, yeah. you've got a greatest hits version. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, I, it's funny because it's not, it wasn't the hit out of the gate that, like, I think a lot of people, like, look back on. And, like, yeah. that game was immediately, like, uh, a huge hit. And so the game wasn't unsuccessful, per se. But it was just, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of cool to, like, take a look at that timeline and, like, watch how, like, that game was kind of fell under the radar and then like really picked up steam the more people talked about it which happens with a lot of things but like it was a game that like I think a lot of people came to like much much later yeah uh 
And it was a game that I remember hearing about like prior to its release. I remember uh I remember an issue of GamePro which had this like whole like multi-page spread like and I'm like uh I think there was like um a map of Dracula's castle and like like move uh, move list and everything. And but it was just so like I think a lot of the time uh when a game kind of like you have a, a franchise that's established like this is how you play these games and now we're releasing another game of the franchise that doesn't play like those other games and then you know a lot of the reactions like well it's not the same so it's- i think the thing that hurt it more than anything and you could argue this argue against this but like if you look at most games like this from the fifth generation yeah uh People wanted 3D games. People wanted polygonal games yeah. at that time. Yeah. It was a risk to put out a sprite-based game. A lot of companies did it. Yeah. Uh, but how many of those went on to be as big of success as even Symphony of the Night? Because can I put out Castlevania Chronicles on the same console? Yeah, which is and that sold less. Which is funny because like the whole like, and that was traditional Castlevania. Well, no, I, you I, know, like I like you have to agree with that because like the whole like the promise, like one of the promises of like the PlayStation in in general was like these. Like you're not playing uh, sprite-based games now. You're playing you're playing polygonal games. Like because this is what this machine can do now. Right. And then so like I think a lot of people of the it's easy to look at that and be like, well, now you're taking a step backwards. And I'm not really into that. I mean, think about the games like Ikaruga, the generation after that. Yeah. You know, like it eventually came back, right? Like especially now, people are all about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't in vogue. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it just wasn't the thing. Um, obviously there are games that, you know, prove otherwise, like a lot of 2d fighters, you know, yeah. were still prominent, but like, you know, Tekken was doing better than street fighter at that point, yeah. you know? Um, and so like that actually is, I'm glad we, we mentioned that because that brings me to the, to really the last item that I have, which was wind waker. Zelda, they called it. That's what they called it. And, like, it's so funny because to me, like, the – so the big thing about, about Wind Waker is that – and if you don't know, I'm talking about The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker. The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. My bad. The Legend <laughs> of Zelda, The Wind Waker for the Nintendo GameCube. Now say it like a baby. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> anyway, so the most divisive thing – out the gate about that was the art style. Like, because Nintendo released that Space World demo. And people yeah. saw what like a modern polygonal serious Zelda could look like and that's what they wanted. Yeah. And then so they'd take a look at Wind Waker and then just people and like they immediately without having played the game, like they shit on it and they just refuse to buy it, like yeah. on principle. I'm doing air quotes if you're just listening to the show. On principle. And it's just like then you then you like you remove you remove that from like like you know like a decade later and oh no wind waker's great you know and it's like oh people have giant chest piece tattoos and the art yeah. style of wind waker uh they say that it's the first one they played or that it's their favorite one they didn't like legend of zelda till then yeah oh there's so many people i've seen that have like that the like the stained glass version of link from the the Wind Waker. Yeah, Toon Link. Toon Link, they call them. Yeah, like, I've, it just, seen, it's such I've a, seen so many Legend of Zelda I tattoos. I think Zelda gets a little bit of a pass game. because, like, it has been re-released. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, with all the other games we've talked about, it still sold more than all of those. It absolutely, know? yeah, it did. But uh, it's just such a weird hill to die on, though, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I think the big problem with it was the Space World demo mm-hmm. gave people false expectations, and two, you're coming off of Majora's Mask, so you're going from, like, the darkest Zelda game we had at the time to perhaps yeah. the most lighthearted one, which Wind Waker really isn't that lighthearted, but it, if you just glance at just it, like it, it seems that way, on it. you know? Um, and it just, like, I think that, like, and that was that was the big thing, right? Like, the 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 art style of that game implies, at the very least, a much more, a much lighter tone. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, when you consider that uh, Nintendo was making what, you know, could be perceived as a more realistic-looking Zelda at the time. And, you know, but that's just one of those things, right? Like, where people, they... They want, you know, I think that people want things to say the same but be different at the same time. And it's just kind of, it's it presents, a, it always it's always going to present some kind of paradox because it's not always easy to have both. Before uh, Breath yeah. of the Wild came out, and also some afterwards, there was a lot of people who were like, this isn't my Legend of Zelda. This is not how the game, like, looks or plays or whatever. A lot of those people just poo-pooing on it. Yeah. And obviously that great, that gate. That great is game. That game is great. But people still complain about the lack of dungeons and all that. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, as I said, some afterwards, I do yeah. hear less people as far as a collective also the voice. placement in the timeline, like, doesn't make sense. Like, all that. Like, people, Zelda fans do care about that shit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, placement in the timeline, understandable. Like, I feel like that's more understandable to be upset about that. But as far as the actual aesthetic of it and the yeah. gameplay itself, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and, you know, I've... With the exception of Okami, I've played every game on this list. Yeah. Um, and while I don't, while, you know, while Earthbound isn't for me, I recognize that it is a, a good game. Yeah. Um, and these are all, these are all games that I've, yeah, for exception of Okami, these are all games that I've played, like I know are good. And, uh, and for the most part, I've, like, I very much enjoy. Um, and it, and it goes to show that, like. <clears throat> Can I throw another one in? Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter 3 series. Oh, yeah. And people Street- talk about that game like it is the best Street Fighter ever made. Yeah. And like it did not do well. Yeah. You know. And I can. Third Strike is. I want to say is. I mean, three in general. Yeah. Three. All, all three yeah. threes. All three threes did <laughs> not like, do that well. Like it's. You know. It, what's crazy to me about, about Street Fighter 3 is it's, in my opinion, the most beautiful of the Street Fighter games. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just. There's nothing like it, and the fisheye levels in New Generation is yeah. ridiculous. It's just there's nothing like that game, yeah. and it's just so it's such a fantastic game. But like, it wasn't Street Fighter Two, so yeah, you know, um, and that's the thing about it. Like, yeah, it, I knew more people that were into Alpha series, you know. Yeah, that's the thing about it is like it's not this, so it's garbage. Well, it's like, you know, it's where's Chun-Li, where's he Hondo, you know, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, Chun-Li eventually shows up, but right, like, people yeah. wanted these familiar characters. Yeah. I think that, I think it's a combination of people wanting the familiar characters that weren't there and uh, the rise of 3D fighters. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, I think that the the funny thing about Street Fighter 3 is I think that in a lot, I think one of the things about 3D animation is it allows for more articulation, but yeah. like Street Fighter Three is so fluidly animated that it kind of splits that difference. Like there's still two D sprite based characters, but like there's so many frames that it's just 
You know, it's funny. I knew more people that had EX yeah. than three, which is ridiculous, you yeah. know? Um, I don't know. I, I think that the, I think that people, when people look at what's behind us, they, they always look at it through like this weird lens. Like, you know, this is how it always was. This is, yeah. these games were always successful. There's, they were always successful because they're popular now. That meant right. they were always successful. And like, nobody ever, it, nobody ever looks at that. And it, it's funny because these games could have had, uh, it's, it's very possible that, any one of the games that I mentioned could have just faded into obscurity. Right. Um, well, and they kind of have, right? Like, what's, what has Okami had besides re-releases sure. and character appearances sure. in other games? You yeah. know, what has Beyond Good and Evil had up until now? Right. Uh, which just that has taken forever to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's another thing, too. It's just because of the, because of the way Beyond Good, Beyond Good and Evil performed uh, with its initial release, like... Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2 could have just easily not have happened. Yeah, even Earthbound, like, outside of Smash Brothers, like, Nintendo refuses, just refuses to release Mother 3 in the States. People still tweet Reggie fils about Mother 3. Yeah, you and, know? and that dude works for Pizza yeah. Hut. <laughs> so, you know, I think that, like, games that are interesting or different, I think, I mean, do what you want with your money, but, you know, I also think that it's good to to take a chance. Oh, I, th- I do think that like, that's a big thing with all of those games. Like literally every game you just talked about are like pretty risky games. Yeah. You know, considering when they came out, the risky climate, business. the climate of when they came out, you yeah. know, uh, Jade not showing a bunch of skin, yeah. uh, you know, Castlevania is remaining 2d. Like they're all very risky games, Yeah, but, but they're all good. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I like them, and I was gl- I was glad that I was able to talk to you guys about it because I felt like I wanted to, I've been wanting to address it for a while. Nice, it's a good topic. I like it a lot. I did too. Um, you know, I might do another one. Yeah. I'm sure there there are there are absolutely other games that aren't on this list that that. Oh wait, Dreamcast. That's another one. The console. Yeah, the the console. I forgot to write it down, but you are dr- correct. But the Dreamcast is uh. One I w- we talked about a lot. Yeah, like as. As a former Dreamcast owner, early adopter, December 1999, I was in it. Retrobit just released a new Dreamcast controller, like, this week. People are still are like, yeah, Dreamcast. It's <laughs> so funny because, like, all, like, and you can't help but talk about the Dreamcast in the past tense, right? And there's so many people who's like, I love the Dreamcast. This Dreamcast was so great. Yep. But you didn't, you didn't buy it, you know. I mean, I bought, I bought one, but I bought one as Dreamcast was dying. Right, but uh, and it sucks because with its last two consoles, Sony, uh, Sony, Sega wasn't particularly great at marketing their shit. They didn't even market the Sega Saturn until after the damn thing came out. Yeah, it's out right now. And uh, who shadow drops a console? Like, like, why would you do that? And then, like the egg on your face when that shit flops, you know. But the thing, the, I will Ugh. say this: Ugh. the 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 Dreamcast did have to contend with the with the PS2, like less than a year later. I strongly believe that Dreamcast had better visuals than the PS2. It might not be Absolutely. powerful. I love PS2, but PS2. 
to me, is the worst-looking sixth-generation console. You play the same game on GameCube or on Xbox, and PS2 looks muddy by comparison. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. It was because, like... Well, that's, that's what we wanted at the time. At the time, we wanted mud. Cause that, yeah. that's what More the sti- mud! The games look muddy, as was the style at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh... But, yeah, and it's just because, like... And I don't even know... And I, and I was reading about how there was some kind of... Around the time that the Dreamcast came out, there was some contention on this to even then... Like, there's contention even before the Dreamcast, even as early as the Saturn, that Sega should get out of the hardware business, like, within the company. And so I don't know if how those things were handled had anything to do with that. Yeah, I mean, Sega was, at the time was still coming up with, like, industry-leading uh, chips and boards for arcade machines at yeah. the time. And you saw them try to emulate this both on Saturn and then on Dreamcast, so even the same game, right? Yeah. There's two versions of uh, Daytona. On Saturn. Mm-hmm. One's a little bit better. Yeah. But still not good enough. So they did another version of Daytona then on the fucking Dreamcast, you know? Like, yeah. they couldn't get their own games going how how they wanted it to be. Not so much players, right? Players yeah. may have complained about the first version of Daytona, but after that, it wasn't a huge thing. Yeah. Um, I think most people had probably moved on from Daytona at that point, you know? But, like, all of these Sega games that were coming out for both of those platforms, for the most part, were arcade ports, right. you know? And, uh, and you know, it it looked like uh, the Dreamcast didn't have a whole lot of third party support. Um, and again, there were like there had been again with you th- you'd, you look at how Sega was marketing its consoles versus and then you and you compare that to one at the time that the Dreamcast came out. Sony still had like a huge market share uh, of the of the the base because of because of the PlayStation one. Yeah. And then the way that they were able to successfully build up hype for the PS2, yeah. it just... It's also using, like, proprietary media was, wasn't mm-hmm. the best idea. Like, because, like, I forget what it is, but it's they, it's not a CD, it's not a DVD, it's its own thing. GD-ROM. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it's like, so I'm not going to play anything on this, you know? Like, also... I can't watch movies on this. What the fuck? I, you can't, know? I can't play my CDs. Also, the, yeah. also the, uh, the notoriously easy to hack. So, mm. or it's notoriously easy to pirate. So, oh, yes, yes. Uh, so people were just. Yeah, you could just straight up burn your own shit and throw it on there. So people were just pirating Dreamcast shit like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, but the Dreamcast did give us Soul Calibur. So thank goodness for that. Mm. Um. I'm glad that y'all brought up a little bit ago about like buying the like Saturn as it was dying because my game I have actually. I bought I, the Dreamcast as it was dying. I never had a Saturn. Sorry, where is that? You Good know, call, Tom. I want one now though. So I was trying to segue and failing at it. Anyways, uh, I got a dragoon. I got a I got a game. Two. Um, uh, the only thing I can think of is the end of an era. It's title. It y'all can help me with that one. I. I will say the last game, though, for sure, is I didn't even know. Um, but this one is something... Uh, the reason I got it brought up to my attention or, like, my thought about it is I was playing Drops again since y'all, like, not too long ago when we were talking about the, my games. Uh, brought up that I played Sailor Moon Drops a lot on my phone. Yeah. yeah. And so I went back, and I was going to re-download it and play it again, and I found out they discontinued it. How about that? Yeah. Which is surprising because it was actually like a really like large base. But they also you can't d- play Harry Potter anymore. Yeah, that bitch was canceled. You canceled the fuck out of her. Yeah, 
No, I don't play that. What are you going to play on your phone? Yeah. Um, I, I have Apple Arcade for that. You know, I bet, okay. I bet the creator of Sailor Moon would never say anything bad about the trans people. <laughs> I bet she'd never do well, that. Well, no, I mean, considering that she, like, created them, yes. She probably wouldn't. <laughs> created them. Well, like, created characters, like... like Wait! Well, because it's Did you Moon. just say the creator of Sailor Moon created trans people? I didn't mean yeah. it by that. I mean, like, I meant like she created characters that are trans. Yeah, they were born from it. Yeah. No. Molded, molded by, it. by it. No one cared who I. No. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's end the show now. You got me. Got me to say. All right. Now y'all didn't get me. You're I canceled, today. Yep. I'm canceled. <laughs> you just got canceled. No. Uh, Sailor Moon stars. Uh, the char- the characters are men in their day to day life, and then they transform into women. Um. Who did it for Sailor Moon or Ranma? Uh, I don't know. I never watched Ranma, okay. and I don't know when Ranma came out. I am very Ranma ignorant. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up afterwards. I don't know how old Sailor Moon is. Uh, early 90s? You know what's funny early about that? Early to mid-90s. You could have said 90s, or you could have said 60s, and I would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> but anything, anything other besides those two answers? That's really... No? Well, it's, yeah. just, it's just he's trying to illustrate the fact that he has no idea when that stuff came yeah. out. Yeah, okay. Because, like, Flintstones is 60s. Yeah. You know? But it's very today. Yeah. All right. But the game <laughs> the game is something that you that you played until they stopped making it playable. Oh, shit. Or mm. something that you played for a while, we're going to go back to, <coughs> and is no longer playable. I already have one of that. So, mine, uh, to start it off with, the, for the end of the era, is uh, Sailor Moon Drops. Hmm. Hmm. This is hard. I mean, I... I c- I thought of my one, so y'all don't have to have one. I have one. What's what is it, Ryan? EverQuest Online Adventures for the PlayStation Two. I played that shit till they shut the servers down. Okay. Okay. And it was a real, it was a real sad thing because everybody was gathered up and everybody was saying their goodbyes, like trying to get their goodbyes in, and then uh, all the way up until the server went down. I really can't think of one. I feel like that will be happening. Soon, right? Sure. Like with with uh, seventh generation consoles being as old as they are, like certainly that will happen soon. But Swindly. like, you know, especially when I when I think about older games that I I played online, still play them online. You know, like Darkstalkers, the Iron Galaxy port of Darkstalkers. People still play that online. You can still find games in that. You know, like yeah, I can't really, really think cool. of one. Yeah, I mean, well, Sailor Drops was it online. It was just. An app game, so. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Mm. there is a phone that I can buy offline that has Sailor Moon Drop still on it. See, but even mobile stuff, right? Like, I like Ghost Trick. You can still play Ghost Trick on your new iPhone. It's the old-ass version, so the screen size is smaller, you know? But, like, it still plays fine. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's my game. Like I said, working title, end of an era. Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it. Oh, that works better. You know that song? Yeah. The end of the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. That one? Yeah. Shanae, I will give you $13 if you can tell me what what band. Oh, gosh, no. I'm, no. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to get $13. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking, uh, fish. No. I almost said $2,000, but I, I almost uh, said $2,000, but I didn't world. want you to get lucky and guess well, it's it right. Jimmy Eat World and no, not them either. <laughs> what did she say? Jimmy Eats World. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not them. I also said you too. It's um, R.E.M. It's R.E.M. Um, clear, 
Credence Clearwater Revival. That's way, way <laughs> older. Also, you've probably never heard a Cle- Credence song in your life. Oh, uh, my parents love them. So, I and you still thought that was <laughs> that they made that song? <laughs> no, I, no, I'm just throwing out band names to show that I have no idea. Sure. Shanae. All right, uh, so that's our show this week. If You can find us on most podcast apps. Yeah, if you can find us. Yeah, but you can. Yeah. I believe you. I believe in you. And, and you. Um, yeah. Mm, bye, guys. Later. Bye.